What is up, Internet? It is your boy, um, Jerry. This is the Producer Podcast, the, um, I was going to say coolest podcast in the world, but I was kind of like, I think someone might have done that already. Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's uh, no jumper. It might be. <laughs> I think that's no jumper. I mean, you put me on the spot, so okay. now I'm... It's okay. <laughs> um, okay, well... We're all set up. It's ri- you know what? I'm gonna do this because it's gonna sound better. I'm gonna push this close to you. Okay, cool, Sorry. cool, cool. That's yeah, just, no, that's that's. Hello, the mic, the mic's here. Um, I'm here. Maybe this guy. Maybe this guy. Oh sure, sure. All, right. all good. Wonderful. Maybe a little higher. I um whatever you gotta do. <laughs> whatever okay okay yeah okay, okay we're cool. cool we're cool yeah. yeah so wait you were saying um clb your your buddy yeah my friend clb i met him in like 20 ooh, 2015 and uh at that time me and my buddy kai who is the one half of the duo kyle and hobbs uh, we were starting up our label, Ionic Collective, at that time. Um, I was working a really shitty, um, you know, label internship, if you could call that label a label. It was basically like... Y- your label, though. Not my label at the time. It was like, you ever you ever heard of a... They're, they're kind of like the, uh, the vector marketing, if you will, of Chicago record labels. They're called Make. And I don't care. I will... Mm. I will I will trash them because they basically like every time I look for music industry related jobs in uh, the Chicagoland area, they always have, they always have ads. And when I worked for them, they basically were like, well, you're going to get paid, you know, hopefully next year. And, you know, and they would send me on street team. Mm-hmm. Oh trips yeah. You'd have to do like the posters shit like that. And it was just, it wasn't good. The dude that owned it was like this like dude that looked like Kanye and like wanted to be kind of like Kanye, but wasn't. And it was, um, anyway, but when I, uh, when I kind of left that me and my buddy, like wanted to start a label and, um, we had like some local people that we knew CLB was one of them. And at that time he was kind of still putting out like edits, but like, it's just crazy because I've literally seen that kid go from like, that was like when he started in FL and now he's like being supported by some pretty huge names like, uh, you know, Diplo, (laughs) you know, like GTA, like, um, he's like homies with Wookie and he's like homies with like a bunch of people. Um, and now he's making a lot of drum and bass and like UK style club shit. He's a great artist. If you haven't heard CLB, you should check him out. Yeah, I uh, I found out about him because he released. Oh, fuck, this was a while ago. He released some song and it was like one of those like future, housey, or like what's like Jaws. Oh well, yeah, I guess it's like um, well, it's not bass house, but he's like his yeah. stuff is like um, it's like garage. It's like super sped up, like um, you know, like Chris Lorenzo y kind of like bass house sort of stuff where it's like UK club, but it's kind of like EDM ified, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But <laughs> such a fucking dope artist. And he's been a good friend of mine for like the better part of four years now. Shout out CLB. CLB. I'll probably, I feel like next one. 
bring bring the man's in for the pod. He um he's got a lot going on right now, and I uh, think he could probably use a little promo there for sure. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, for sure. Um, well, there's there's a few things I want to talk to you about. Um, but I want to just start with the uh, humble beginnings because it's I don't know. I always I always need to know. First of all, Waxcraft. Waxcraft, Flyaway, one half of Kyle and Hobbs, also known in some circles as the open format DJ, DJ Golden Corral, who does oh. open format sets at the Rabbit Hole in uh, Old Town Friday and Saturday nights. You wow, can... I didn't know that. Yeah, that's uh, that's my money thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of memes, a lot of mashups, a lot of a lot of modern hip hop, a lot of a lot of pop punk throwbacks, you know kind of whatever whatever works yeah um, so the you just do everything almost. yeah yeah open format it's um it's funny because like i don't think two years ago i ever would have seen myself doing that but uh when i was so i work in the service industry and when i was bartending at a spot down the street from that place um i kind of started djing there which was mostly like and also kind of how i met cam a little bit uh we threw a blake scourin show there back in oh, the day really? yeah it was uh <clears throat> it was like blake scourin ellipsis rube sphinx which is jake's buddy uh from texas so we did a show there the place is called the optima rest in peace uh went under uh two floors thirty thousand dollar rent not gonna happen <laughs> yeah but um yeah we threw a blake scourin show back in the day there and then um when that place kind of went under, I started DJing down the street at the rabbit hole because it just made sense. And I was doing five and six hour sets. Damn. Which I, I How still. How much were you getting paid for that? Still not enough, really. But. Like, can I just. <laughs> like, 200? Um. Like... Try, try, like, a nice, like, 15 an hour plus, like, a $50 payout in cash at the end of the night, which is absolutely robbery for how much music i play in those six yeah. hours you're not just like and uh, this song's ending and i'm no. gonna play a new song oh no i'm going fucking fast like i'm yeah. i'm doing what a dj does but like damn i like to think of it as you know my way of creating a little little following there which you know kind of explains why i have so many projects like to me like if you keep your foot in like six doors at once like one of them is going to open before another right and then you use that one door yeah. to whatever but and, and how old are you i'm 24 so yeah i'm 25 and i feel like that's a good mentality to have at this age you know there's a certain point when you kind of got to hunker down and like i feel like maybe go for one of them more so but you know i'm not even at that point so i can't it's... i can't give anyone advice it's it's more so like and i think it more so came out of being like well i don't listen to one type of electronic music at all mm -hmm. so why would i only produce one type yeah but then that was also me being like well how am i supposed to like i don't know how, how am i supposed to brand like one project that has so many different sounds and like kind of create a consistent feel when it's like okay flyaways like literally soundcloud beats and like samples and yeah. trap and then like the kylan hobbs project is like dark ass bass music and techno and then Waxcraft is like house remixes and disco and it's like how are you supposed to like 
yeah. put all of those things into one moniker, right? So kind of out of necessity that happened. And like the DJ Golden Corral thing, like was basically just like, oh, I read this room full of like Big Ten alumni <laughs> in Old Town and play like, <laughs> and play so, like, like white people. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, they um, want the hits and they, the, the Old Town Road requests oh. still happen. Well, dude, isn't it still number one? It's, Okay, like I, I could, mean, I mean, I could write a dissertation on how like that song is like, I it's blowing my mind how much plays, how much play it's getting. Yeah, I mean it's wild, but I think it is still number one. So you you play that every night? <clears throat> no, not anymore. I'm done not with anymore. it. You're done. Okay. I think like I think like two weeks ago I did, and then like three dudes that were wearing like croquis and like Hawaiian shirts looked over and were like what are you doing and i was like okay it's probably out it's probably dead now oh okay so (laughs) all right wait so to go back like you know you listen to a lot of you produce a lot of different genres yeah what was the first electronic genre that you got into so i remember being again humble humble beginnings of your boy uh i remember being 19 uh living in connecticut home from a summer first summer home from school uh, I was working at an amusement park, like a little family-owned amusement park. I had two jobs there. Um, they knew I was an audio major at the time, so they said, well, you're going to be the DJ for the, um, you know, like the private events and stuff. Mm. They, of course, wanted me to use Spotify, but I had never DJed before, so I was like, well, I could do that, but I said, all right, I'm going to get some freeware DJ software mm-hmm. <laughs> and entirely fake my way through it, but anyway at that time i was listening to like hip-hop i mean that's kind of how i got into producing was like i kind of heard graduation and i was kind of like this is like well i kind of want to do this now so that was me at that time and then as stupid as it sounds i'm pretty sure i heard carnage's spaceman remix in like 2013 or something and i was like Oh, I didn't know you could like make trap. Yeah, like real trap shit. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't know you could make like Waka into like EDM. And then I was like, okay, this is this is this is it. Isn't it funny how Waka like started doing that straight up, like on his own? Like, yeah. He became part of the scene that like was sampling him and just yeah. I guess it makes sense, but oh yeah, no, I mean, I I guess <laughs> if you think about it that way, like yeah, like. All those dudes were like, oh, we like Lex Luger, too. We're going to, like, remix it and, like, take that sound. He was like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, I'm going to hop on that, too. But yeah, it it had to have been that. I mean, I, I used to listen to, like, I think my first, like, favorite, like, mixtape was, like, that first ASAP Rocky tape. Oh, my God. Yeah, with all the that clams was, beats. I mean, that, was, that shit was so dank. Like, when I heard those clams beats, I was like, all right, how... What are you sampling? How are you sampling this? I want to do this to mm-hmm. uh, that and like I don't know, you know, Flume back in the day yeah. too. Like this is all like the same. I feel the same way about a lot of it. Like I found Trap and I was like, holy shit! That was when I realized that I wanted to do this. And trap then, for sure. Yeah, Trap yeah, like Flume. Flume. I mean, like that. You know, the XX YYXX tape back in the day mm-hmm. too. I was like oh shit like is this what side chaining is like uh-huh. i was like how does it duck like that and then i was like oh and then i heard the tennis court remix and i was like oh oh, oh my God, you dude, really that song oh. next level yeah i was watching his uh 
his uh, Coachella or not Coachella, his Lala like stream set. And he played that, and I was like at work, like serving tables, and I had it on the this r- most recent, Lala yeah, set? the one this year, like three weeks ago, and I like had it on the TV, and it was the sound on, and I was like, oh my god, he played it, and I was so so happy about that, dude. Okay, so quick <laughs> uh, side story about that. I was near Lala when, like, it was the last day when Flume was playing, and. I've just been so many times at this point because, you know, I've been in Chicago so long. Yeah. High school was like, let's fucking go to Lala. It's going to be the best thing ever. Break out your Dennis Rodman jersey. <laughs> now I'm, like, so <laughs> jaded. But, yeah, no. So, quick tip is on the last day of Lala, just go by the the gate and just wait for people to come out and be like, hey, man, like, oh, you're are you going, leaving? Yeah. Get the wrist, oh, yeah. And oh, then I'm, just be like, hey, man, can you slip that off and... Some people will be like, no, I want to keep it. And then some people will be like, nah, man, it's too tight. Like, it's not coming off. And then one person will just be a complete chiller and be like, here we oh, go, yeah. man. And I just went in. I saw that. I didn't see him play tennis court. But, you know, I was with my girlfriend. We had to go to Ariana Grande. Of and course. And then we went to Flume. But, you know, I'm just, just a quick tip, you know. You can get into festivals for free if you're, if you're I've, crafty. I've heard people say that so many times, and I guess, too, like, the only reason I haven't been to Lala yet is because when I moved here, I was, like, I was 18, and I guess, like, A, I probably just didn't have the money at the time. Oh, I definitely didn't have the money. And B, even then, I think even then, I was subconsciously like, there's going to be too many 16-year-olds drinking Jaeger out of Camelbacks here. I don't want to go. I mean, that that is what it is. And that's still... And then definitely now when I'm 24, I'm definitely like more so like yeah nah we're I went for an this. hour and I was like that's good yeah I'm we're good. we're good on that I mean like Perry's stage whew, this year yeah oh, oh. so I, <laughs> so anyway anyway um so bag you had this job at a yeah at a bar an amusement park oh at the amusement, the amusement park, park yeah but yeah further Cycling yeah back. so and so basically it was like um yeah two jobs <laughs> i worked the frog hopper if you've ever that seen a ride? yeah so it's like the little you know like the it's like a little kid ride where like you know you see them like on the seats and it's like literally it just bounces up and down oh and it goes in a circle uh no it just literally it takes you up it drops you and then it takes you back up and it drops you and it's just like on like a single like rail or whatever oh, okay it's like the power tower kind of thing where it just launches you up and take it's the kid version of that so i okay. i worked that cleaned up a lot of a lot of vomit that summer yeah um i probably heard pharrell's happy uh maybe 700 times people because... hate that song because it just got super overplayed <sighs> they had a uh <laughs> they had probably like a 40 track um playlist that was meant to sound like a radio playlist but it was literally a pre-recorded like radio playlist thing that had 40 songs that they just decided they didn't need to change for the whole summer so wow <laughs> nine hour shift like five days a week the same 40 songs like probably that playlist would go like six or seven times throughout a shift and i it was like probably the worst job i've ever worked so you started DJ, but I oh. was I was the DJ, yes. So <laughs> and did you change that? Um, well, so basically, 
it didn't mean that I was controlling the music for the whole park. It basically meant if they, because they had a lot of private events, they would have like oh. middle school picnics and stuff like that, and like uh, you know, just whoever wanted to do a buyout because they had this little pavilion and like a field and stuff. And it was actually pretty fun because there were like times where like I would have like high school grad parties where you'd kind of be able to like be like yeah we're almost play whatever age, kinda. Yeah, yeah like i'd be like okay like you like we'll play the whole that whole asap tape like front to back it's cool i mean i couldn't mix or anything but like yeah. i was definitely doing the radio style thing so and, when did you get like equipment and learn how to like mix um i mean probably like a year after that but again it was basically just like by myself in my bedroom but i was always like more like trying to produce like that was oh, the thing okay. Okay. like even when i was 19 and like 20 that's when i really was like damn like i want to produce and like i started making beats in like garage band and mm-hmm. then logic then cracked ableton for like three years and now it's 10 bought it recently yeah. moving up but uh <laughs> upgrading upgrade yeah but like no, I mean, like, I literally, like, that's why it's so funny that I've been doing these, like, open format things, because I literally, like, oh, excuse me, until recently, like, have never thought, like, of being, like, a actual DJ and being, like, oh, like, I can just play a six-hour set and kind of just play whatever and, like, totally read a room, like, and that's the only thing you're doing, like, wasn't really until, like, this time last year, basically, so. But. Oh, okay, well... Good for you, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, I I want to kind of start DJing for, like, some money, but it's hard for me because I'm like, oh, man, all the bars are just going to be super saturated with the same music. I mean, that's what it is, and it's, like, you kind of – I mean, what I've learned to do, like, a lot of it, you know, you can have fun by playing. I mean, I make mashups, like, every week that, like – you know, you're just sitting around, like, I, a lot of the times it's when I'm, like, driving to work, and I'm just, like, I'll hear a song on the radio, and I'll be like, oh, like, I could just put this over, like, some, like, Ivy Lab track or something, and, oh, then, like, you know, like, you, it's just about, like, mixing some stuff in there where you're like, okay, like, this, like, pop track is, like, everyone want, needs to hear this, they want to hear this, but, like, how can you make it enjoyable for yourself? Yeah. And throw them something that they might not, like, know they wanted to hear. Something familiar, but yeah. something... So, I noticed that you have a lot of edits, too, of um, popular songs. Like, I know you have a Havana edit, you have yep. an Alesso Heroes track, Fleetwood Mac track sure. that you just sent me, like... Let, let, let's listen to one of these so people can get a little flavor. Most definitely. Yeah, that's the wax craft stuff. Yes. Okay. So, which one was I? There was, I, I really like this Heroes one. Let's Dude, play that one. Throw it to him. Yeah, this is nice, man. It's, um, I guess maybe this just has everything to do with, like, you know, like, 
you make mashups for that type of environment, but I guess also, like, sometimes you just remix something for okay, the same yeah, this purpose. One, this one's actually less of a mashup, because this is just kind of like a, a straight-up remix, but, like, oh, yeah, I think when you do, like, a, like a Fleetwood Mac song, like... That's almost just an edit to me, because it's like... A bootleg edit, sure. And, like, I don't know, like, I guess, like, the Waxcraft project has totally just turned into, like, this is just what I would want to hear if I went out to, like, Spy Bar or something like that, and I'm just like, this is literally just what I would dance to, and I think, like, for a house music project, that's kind of, like, the goal to a certain extent. Yeah, you want to keep it for the floor, essentially, but then have something that's kind of familiar. Sure, and, like... Yeah, I guess for these pop songs, like that's the thing. Like I've, I want to give people like a like a like a housey track that's like kind of a taste of like what my production is, but also be like, oh, like here's some shit that like someone is able to play like at the Concrete Cowboy if they have to. But yeah, so I, it's almost a, t- a utility track. In yeah, certain sense. exactly. Like that's how I think of like dance music because I think there's like a difference between dance music and electronic music and like what i mean by that is like you know i think this track could function like i said like like you said utility and it's like i think when like and that was why like were you, were you at chuck sutton when we no, did that show I wasn't there like to me what was so cool about seeing chuck like do his thing was being like well this guy's just like a musician like this dude is making yeah. like music that's supposed to be like you sit down and you listen to it but this is like different this is literally like you have to think of it in like a bigger context like this is supposed to be thrown into like a mix or a club set yeah like you're putting yourself in a moment in time and you're like kind of night that you're out like at a club which is like so different than where i came from musically but like here I am. <laughs> yeah, but you're also a DJ, and this is probably one of those things that's going to make your set special compared to someone else's set. And then if someone even asks you, you're like, yeah, I made that. And they're like, what? Fuck, yeah. okay, cool. Well, like, well, that's the cool thing, and that that's, like, why, like, sometimes it's cool to be able to say that. And even, like, some of the flyaway stuff is kind of, like, it's almost, like, the same function, but it's, like, in the hip-hop world or, like, the beats world or whatever. But I still think even, like... Like I said, like even those tracks can like serve this weird purpose in like a open format set where you're like, oh, here's like a stupid, ah, oh, god, why do I have to say Drake? But here's like a Drake acapella over some like jazz sample and like some trap drums, and everyone's like, oh, that's cool, and yeah, same same function, man. Yeah, I think. As long as you're, like, doing something as a DJ, people are like, okay, cool. But, I mean, half the time, people don't even know what's, like, even happening. Man. They're just like, I don't even... And that's why sometimes I'm, like, the transitions, like, some of them, I'm just like, could I spend, like, 30 extra seconds trying to match this? Or, like, just know that when I bring in Ain't No Mountain High Enough that it just isn't gonna matter and everyone's gonna lose their fucking ever-living shit anyway? Yeah, oh, for sure. (laughs) Oh, for sure. There's just certain tracks that are always timeless, and they're going to be, like, good to play at any fucking bar that people are just trying to get lit at. Yeah, so, you know, it's, like, sometimes I struggle with the thing of, like, is it, like, kind of, like, I don't know, is it shitty where you're reduced to, like, I'm the dude that's playing the things that people want to hear, or is it, like, this cool thing where you kind of, like, are in a position 
of like not power but you're in a position of like being able to control like in a very detailed way like how people are spending their night which i see it as yeah no i feel that dude i'm so fucking off the i'm like even off soundcloud sometimes i'm just like i don't even know i've been listening to classic (laughs) rock really like dad rock i honestly steely dan oh god i don't even know like i saw the what's happened funniest fucking meme um it was like a fake text from like a dude that was like i can't believe you broke up with me because i like steely dan and then it just proceeded to be like it's like he's just too postmodern for you like you like you know to your uh uncultured ears it might just sound like another dad rock band but it's not and it's just it was it cracked me up because no like, it really is well i've i've never listened to enough steely dan to form an opinion but all of my music friends who like are into theory can confirm that like steely dan kind of slaps like on the theory front bro yeah, yeah. so like i believe it i'm <laughs> so a i'm a theory you boy. heard it here first no steely dan <laughs> <Yeah>. slaps <laughs> all right well i wasn't able to download this song but this was um oh wait was i able to... it says download file unless the thing is broken you know i'm what the frick it's not i don't know anyway i'm just gonna play it off soundcloud cool and hopefully that's it doesn't fucking destroy our ears oh, that's the only thing i'm scared of what's this one called interchange and did you name it something else by chance like it's not one of these right it's um no yeah it's not one of those that's okay. the only upload of that True. i believe no? okay cool well this was like my favorite of the flyaway tracks that you sent me so i kind of want let's let's move to the flyaway one so people can get a little flavor of this let's run it so okay i'm gonna i'm scared Uh, oh it's not that bad okay perfect okay cool i'll just have to just send me a link but so when we don't get that side chaining bro (sighs) but anyway um (laughs) So, what kind of possessed you to start making these? It's like kind of lo-fi esque. This one's kind of housey, though, right? Yeah, this is like some Catronata kind of vibe. Um, I don't know. Like when I moved from listening to hip hop to dance music, like I had a huge selection phase, as I think all of us oh, probably yeah. did. And like, you know, I was into Carmack and Catronata and Esta and like. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I listened to my fair share of selection podcast. That was one of my favorites. And um, I don't know, I guess back then my chops weren't good enough to make stuff like this, but I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> kind of like after all this time, I like hadn't made something like this in a while. And like, I was like, I'm going to be Catronata on this one. Dude, this one's <laughs> sick. Like, I've begun to like music that's very... Um, you know, just kind of simple. Like, there's not too much crazy sound design going on. It's just, like, very groovy. The chords are really nice, you know? And that's kind of what this is to me. For sure, And, man. like, so what chops do you think you developed to be able to make this? Like, chord theory or just, like, understanding how to make a groove like this? Well, a lot of it was, like, because, like I said, I... So I used to play bass. Um, I still do here and there. I think I'm... I, I've played it on a couple tracks that probably haven't seen the light of day, but like, um, when I was in middle school and high school, I was really into like 
progressive metal and like death metal okay. and hardcore and shit and i wanted to be in a band for a really long time um so like my fucking one of my favorite bands like i listen to tool a shit ton i listen oh, to dude yeah they just put their shit on spotify man oh okay cool that's i know what i'm doing tomorrow <laughs> but um like between the buried and me like periphery stuff like that uh animals as leaders so it was oh, yeah yeah all of like the very proggy like genty like rock metal stuff mm-hmm. um so like my theory actually when i started producing was like as good as it's ever been my theory's actually gotten a lot worse since oh, yeah. i started producing like because rhythms like polyrhythms no like not that. even that like chord shapes and scales and shit like that and like oh, wow. because i think that like when you start producing you have to worry about like a million other things other than like your chord shapes like i know that sounds stupid but like on this one it's kind of like okay well i know there's a progression but like so the chops that you're referring to to me it's just like being able to pick good drums making them sound good together um you know making them interplay with each other mixing is a huge one the biggest thing when it's like simple like this Mm -hmm. huge mixing is like huge i mean i'm still not that good at mixing really Mm -hmm. i mean i would never like i don't think i'll ever be and that's why producing is fucking interesting because you'll never really be like there's always more you can learn there's always like you can always yeah. kind of get better unless you're like noisia i guess <laughs> <laughs> but even them it's like they could explore different avenues of styles sure. or whatever sure and that you know like half of it too is just like you know having and i think when you're on that level too and you have more engineers working on a project it's a little different than yeah you like do more of the straight up like yes we're gonna compose right now sure and i'm gonna play this one too so we can just kind of keep this vibe going yeah run it run it oh go yeah i love this one this is like totally this sample is actually an emojin heap track oh really it's like a very little uh chop from an emojin heap track and i don't remember which one it is i feel so bad because i love emojin heap but yeah it's like a little chop from one of her tracks um, okay it's a cool one it's kind of like the flyaway intro track like if there is an album it's kind of the intro it's got the plain audio and stuff you know <laughs> so what is the game plan are you thinking about making an album or an ep or something it's like dude, it's so hard to make an album i feel like something <laughs> in like, between i guess yeah. i mean like something like a seven or eight track you know i mean mm-hmm. like i mean i'm probably sitting on like 10 or 12 but there's probably seven or eight of those that i would put out but like again like the service industry has me so fucked up right now because i'm working six days a week and this is the only day i have off yeah when i was trying to schedule shit with you you were like i have really random times i was like damn you're busy as fuck dude it's like it like working in the industry is like it's like the best money i've made but like man it like takes it all out of you and i just like i'm i might actually put in my two weeks at my job because i'm so tired of it and i don't have it's it's just little shit you know like you don't have nights during the week to like go to homies like events and stuff like that like yeah if some dj i mean there have been djs that have like hit me up and been like like came to my sets and be like yo come out to my set and you know you want to put that like that facetime in so you can advance your career but it's like when you're working 
literally every night of the week like this is the only night i have off so yeah if your event's not on monday sorry can't come like yeah. <laughs> it's like it's crazy but that's tough man yeah and it's like you know my place is small there's only like three people that like can really cover each other's shifts and stuff like that so it's uh-huh. just it's just hard but you know it's like ultimately i think that i would like you know we all want to make money off of music right that's the yeah goal. that seems to be the goal but how do you do that if you can't like take enough time to work towards that because you're too busy like working you know? do you see yourself as someone who wants to like like you really want to get out there and play your music for people or would you be okay yeah. with um you know just having people that or people have access to your music and it gets like playlisted a lot and like a lot of people hear it even if they don't see the live performance of it i've i don't know i've always been like i want to i want to perform like i've always yeah. been like i want to tour and like play shows and yeah i mean especially now that i've kind of gotten better at like djing yeah like, now I it's kind of coming to yeah. the point more yeah i mean i would love like especially on like the house and techno side of things i mean like i'm just like i would i would kill to be in like europe or like like i don't know like do like 80 like amsterdam dance events stuff like that like all the european festivals and stuff like that's like eventually you know like have you been over there no no No? it's never really worked out um well it's expensive as shit to go never really for the most part and if you don't have someone there that you can stay with or whatever it's you know it's not that easy yeah i got a couple couple friends who were doing like an exchange program uh that were living in stockholm um dj ria ria uh her name's andrea she's a dope dj uh she plays like melodic like deep techno and she she's been open for some big people in stockholm lately she's killing it out there so and then just a couple soundcloud people too that i've worked with you know like internet friends and stuff like that but it's just it's just the money man it's just it's never like never in the cards to take a week off from this work shit like it's just it's wild (laughs) when do you find the time to produce like anytime and i think like a lot of it is just you know sucking it up and saying when you get home from work at like midnight just take two hours and you know yeah i think especially too when you're serving people and you're like you know handling people and dealing with their stuff and problem solving you're you got to be like like mentally all you want to do is go home and say i'm gonna I'm going to watch like some really mindless shit on YouTube and pass out. But like, you gotta, you gotta make yourself like, I I try and at least start something or like go into Ableton, whether it's like bullshit one bar loop or like Mm. work on a track. Like I try and do it every day. Yeah. So, well, that's good work mentality, man. Like I think that that's kind of what separates the, the real artists from the rest because there's a lot of people that are fairly talented but they just don't want to put in the work Ten thousand hours man working yeah. on it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah of course um is there another one of these that you want to specifically highlight um, um i'm going to say let's run the trilla edit because okay. it's out right now um again man this this first asap tape is just like can't get away from it even like what six years seven years later yeah can't get off of it it's the best so where is the music for this one coming from um realistically youtube search creative commons filter on oh yeah probably something like that getting in there sample just getting in there yep it works surprisingly well well and it actually like 
it was dope because I was like, a lot of the times when I make these beats, I'm like, well, this could either be just a beat that I could like pass off to some rapper or something, or it's yeah. like a flyaway, more like intricate, like beat scene beat where it's like, you know, its own thing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, a lot of the times I put vocals and tracks over beats just to reference them and be like, what does a vocal sound like on this? Mm-hmm. Just so happened to put Trilla by ASAP Rocky over this track. And not only did the vocal work really well, but like the the little instrumental from the original like was in tune with the sample like perfectly and i was like oh man like yeah this this just this this is too good to not like <laughs> i was like it's got to be its own thing it just was, keep it like so this fuck it yeah and yeah. i don't know that's that's why i've really enjoyed like the flyaway stuff is because you can kind of just like do the do like there's a guy you know like swum on soundcloud yeah like just that kind of shit where you just put out like these little beats that just like give you that nostalgia of having some old track that you used to listen to over top of it but it's also some cool beat and uh, i don't know it's cool it's just casual like putting shit out but it's just stuff i want to hear man like that's all it is like yeah you make what you want to hear what you would listen to and that's what it's been lately and so. you can't even if you're super into the electronic scene and like the very experimental stuff I personally cannot listen to it all the time. There's times of the day where I just want to listen to something like this. At a show, I want to listen to shit that's just like hard, hard and fuzzy and like yep. fucking get you moving. This so. is like my car music. And like earlier, I was uh, I was in my car. I was listening to the new Shady or one of the newer Shady Ant records, Cyclone. And I was like, this shit is fucking stupid. Like this is so hard. And then like I put it on repeat for a minute and then i was like damn i'm already tired of this like this is too much like still a great track but like i was like nah like i I need like so actually i've been listening to the new young thug album the last couple days oh yeah i haven't haven't pretty good pretty fire like yeah he's got some he's got some heaters on there but i i like i'll go between that and like some edm shit and i'll switch back and forth or like if someone cool like uh, oh I was listening to Carmax uh, Do Lab set the other day, oh, also also fire, really? um, yeah he was playing some crazy like deep dub records and like I feel like that's kind of where he's been getting like have you listened to the uh, yeah, demolition put, EP Yeah well like he's p- starting to put out some some Wookie yeah some some dirty Wookie shit but um. I can't fault him for it. It's not, that's not really my style, but, like, the set he was playing, like, I was, like, I feel like when he plays it and he mixes it with, like, trap, it's, like, cool, but I'm, like, I don't really listen to, like, rhythm that much, like, straight rhythm, like, it's, like, you know, just depends, but... I guess, like, when Saruta puts out, like, pseudo-rhythm, it's, like, cool, and I'll listen to that, but it's just... It's gotta be good. Yeah, it's just gotta be good. I mean... Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's definitely not like his old stuff, but there's ah. definitely a. It's like a lot of it is. Um, it's like kind of his take on what's going on in which the is, scene right now. Which is why I can't be mad at the dude because he always just had like. I mean, that's. I think that's how he like explains what he's thinking about. Like you said, that's his take on the scene, and like, man, like, I don't care. Carmack can say whatever he wants to about the scene. He's Carmack. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh man, yeah, this is a chiller. I like how you also go into this like screwed and chopped section 
<coughs> Excuse me. Like, yeah, no, the dude, the chopping screwed, like, again, like, like, how do you remix an ASAP track and not, like, nod to the Houston-style shit and, like, dude, it's just, like, it's how I, how I kind of came up and that's how I kind of, like, really got into, like, the beat-making aspect of everything and, like, that's just my shit is just literally that. I just love, like, how, how can you not like old-school hip-hop beats? <sighs> And, like, I don't know, I guess that's why I liked ASAP so much, because I'm not really, like, so much into the boom, like, the boom bat, like... Yeah. Like, well, okay, that's, like, almost too old school. Right. Like, not, not in a bad way that it's too old school, it's just, like, I, I get what you're saying, like, I'm talking, like, 90s era. Late 90s, Late early 90s. 2000s, like, yeah. I mean, literally, like, the southern style, just, like, the very, like smoked out just like chill beat style is just the fucking best i love it and then like but i also like the jay dilla type mm -hmm. stuff that's really swung sure really cool i was listening to some of that today oh yeah i mean that's like i don't think i know any i don't think i know any producer that wouldn't say like dilla like did something for their career or like their you know their development as an artist or like yeah fly low or who have you so you, you know, know it's funny like i've been making a lot of hip-hop like old school hip-hop beats and Ooh. um i haven't really listened to that much Dilla, but it's like you can't you can't not go back like oh, you yeah. have to check it out to be mm -hmm. like oh okay this is where somehow through music this was like transmuted to me like somehow yes. this got to me and I don't even, like, I feel like it's very important to know the origins. Well, and it's like, because, yeah, you think about that. You're like, well, Dilla, Dilla got to Fly Low somehow. And Fly Low basically got to, like, whoever, Carmack, you know, who then, you know, all of that stuff got to your, your Bedroom Beats Spotify playlist that got to your coffee shop that got to you somehow, right? Yeah. So it's like, can't can't ignore it for sure. And that's like, you know, I don't know. I'm And I'm so, like... I don't know. I'm so like, I'm like such a derelict when it comes to like, you know, like I don't, I don't give a fuck about like, you know, acknowledging the greats and the beginnings, but man, it's so important for certain genres, especially like, like I talk about that with house music all the time. It's like, oh, yeah. how do you not like, it's just blows my mind how you could like make like electro or prog or like, you know, whatever big room and be like, like yeah, this is, I don't acknowledge that this happened. That like all these like LGBT black men like made this thing for me, and now I'm a, I'm a I'm a nice uh, Dutch man making my progressive house music, and I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, and it's like blows my mind. But I'm also kind of sometimes like I don't know, music can do its own thing. Yeah, and you don't have to like. Like, no one has to be salty about, oh, this is where it came from, though, no, because music, and I think it's more so with hip-hop right now, it's just totally doing its own thing, Yeah, and that's why, in a very meta way, I really fuck with, like, Playboy Cardi and, like, Lil Yachty and people like that who a lot of folks would say, well, they're, like, they're trash and they're not doing hip-hop justice, but it's, like... It's gonna go where it wants to go. It was going where it wanted to go back then. 
why can't it do that now right yeah no and i i don't mean to be like too snooty but i I just like i think at some point it's important to go back and acknowledge and that's kind of what i'm doing with my dad rock right now yeah well (laughs) well more more so if you're i guess like very much so if you're a producer i think that if you're just like a listener it doesn't really matter but and if you're producing and you don't understand like where your music's coming from then it's like how do you how are you how are you making it like how can mm-hmm. you really be as good as you possibly can at making it yeah and i was uh just a quick little caveat i was listening to this podcast called um what the fuck is it called uh why am i blanking it's oh it's called switched on pop mm. and it was about chance the rapper's new album <sighs> regardless of what you say about it. okay you All know right. what i mean like i'm not I don't love Chance. I'm from Chicago, and I feel like people would be like, "What the fuck?" I don't. Up with I you? didn't fuck with the new album. You know I thought it was boring. Anthony, uh, whatever the needle drop guy gave yeah. it a zero. <laughs> fuck the new boy Tano. He did give it a zero, and you know what? I don't like. I didn't think it was that good. I didn't thought it was kind of boring. Didn't like the production that much. So okay. yeah, no, I haven't listened to it, so I'm I'm not gonna like. Whatever, I'm not gonna say anything about it. But their take on it was that. And I don't mean to go like podcast in a podcast, but there was just one point that this guy made, and it was they were talking about whatever R and B, and they interviewed this R and B guy, sure. and he was saying that what makes a producer really good is just understanding what and like if you're working with other people, what the artist wants yeah. to make, and like knowing the the small differences between subgenres and knowing the instruments that are used for those genres and just like understanding your music history is going to make you so versatile at least in the professional music making like whatever like maybe in the pop realm but i mean even in like the electronic stuff it's like there's a history there now and it's new but i mean well that was when i was listening to your zavi podcast uh you you asked him you're like do you think genres are important he was like well you know if you're if you're talking about your Spotify placements, sure. But, like, I think that's an interesting point that you bring up because that's something that I've always wanted to do is, like, make pop tracks because I find that process to be fascinating. And, like, I would kill to be, like, the dude behind, like, a like a Tovlo tune or, like, right. something like that. Or, like, like, even though Phineas has the whole Billie Eilish thing tied down, like, maybe her at some point, but it's like, mm. man, I, I think that whole process is so cool, but I think in that sense, man, subgenres are, like, super important, because it's, like, you go into making, like, a track for, like, someone, and you say, well, we're gonna make it, like, and, you know, like, the Carly Rae Jepsen album was, like, probably the coolest example of that I've ever heard. Um, there's one track on that album, um, like, I Didn't Just Come Here to Dance, it's uh, Showtech produced it, Mm, and like interesting dude that that tracks a banger by the way but um it's like a piano-y like nice happy like house tune super basic but you know like it's there's a huge art to just being able to say like this is exactly what this person like needs Mm -hmm. on this tune and this is exactly what i'm gonna make for them and it's gonna sound exactly like this and i think that's like how i've gotten a lot better at producing and like is being like and that's, I think, also why I remix pop tracks like that so much is because it's, like, I think, in my mind, sometimes, like, 
you're giving it like a totally different spin as opposed to saying well it's just a remix it's like well i kind of think of it as like a remake where it's like you take their vocal and you say well you know this could have been cool as this like this you know like dreams by fleetwood mac could have been dope as like a like a weird new disco song or something yeah so we're we're gonna play that one (laughs) cool yeah, no. It's a segue. Like Show Tech. <laughs> show Tech. Show Tech could have just been like doing his Show Tech thing yeah, for but, like. But he produced for Carly Ray Jepsen, so that's kind of dope. Yeah. Like <laughs> raining it back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that there's a, an art, at least, to just knowing what you don't want in your track sure you know what i mean like I, I agree that that's that's helped me become better it's just like i don't want to just throw everything at the wall right now i want to mm-hmm. be kind of you know methodical about this yeah it's there's such a fine line though between like stream of consciousness ing it if that's a word but like yeah. doing that as opposed to doing what we're talking about and being like well we're about to make like a we're about to make a micro house track with a uh, complexro influence, and then we're gonna uh, yeah. add some of the, some of this. And but like, there's places for both, and I feel like if you're making like truly artistic electronic music, I believe that you could kind of like do whatever. Like it could be stream of consciousness, but you could also say, again, well, I'm making like a jump up German bass track, but it's also gonna have elements of liquid in it too, and like you yeah, just do whatever. But or like coming up with a name for a track, like you could have a very Mm. A specific name for a track before you start it, or you could just name it afterwards, and it makes complete sense. You know, you—I don't know—I find myself doing that a lot. That's interesting. I've never done it that way. Like, I, for some reason, with me, I've always said like the name is like the least important thing for the track. But like, yeah, I've never thought of it that way to like think of a topic and then just go around that. It's interesting. Yeah, you know, I haven't been very successful doing it like that, <laughs> but. I oh I I aspire to to think of something like that where it's like I have a very specific concept that I want to try to um, show through music and well know. it's at the very least is a good exercise to be like can you literally take one thing and like totally create based on that one thing I mean that's like a cool it's a cool way to kind of like discipline yourself and like kind of boot camp your creative process I guess yeah you could say but. It seems like you kind of already do that, dude. You already you already make tons of different genres, so you're already challenging yourself. I think like one of your tracks that you sent me is a uh, a uh, what's it called? A can't think of the name. It's a British style of music. Oh, garage, yeah, Gar- yeah, yeah, garage. The, the, Na- garage. the Natasha Bedingfield remix. Yeah. Oh my god, that one fucking kills it at the rabbit hole. Really? That one fucking kills it. Do they know what? garage no idea but it works because there's um you know that tune uh gotta get through this um funny enough the guy who made that tune is daniel beddingfield you're like gotta get through this like that it's the same thing it's like uk garagey pop Uh garage but like i'll always start with that and a lot of people actually do know that one and then i'll go into the the pocket full of sunshine edit and it just like fucking goes off for some reason can't figure it out but people love that one (laughs) so 
Let's play the Garrett one. Do it. <laughs> Which one is it? Yeah, it's uh, it's Natasha Bedenfield, Pocket Full of Sunshine, Wax Craft Remix. Oh, yeah. Was and not able to download that one, oh, but I, sh- I can play it. Shit. Okay. Um, Probably should have enabled all the stuff for download, but I was I was running some, some little errands today. Dude, you're totally fine. The only thing is I don't know how to stop this. My setup is so... <laughs> what do I even do? Oh, like stop the... Oh, yeah, yeah, you could bring that. Wait, 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 I'm not even on the right track. I'm gonna have to edit. I could go like this. Ha-ha. Hey. <laughs> Ha-ha. Beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that one, man, I, I don't know. Like, that was... You ever had, like, a, a time where you sit down and just everything goes right with the track that you're making, and it just... It's the best, yeah. It gets done it's in, like, best two hours, and you're if just, If you could like, do that every time... Fuck. I made an EP in a weekend, and it's, like, the best music I've made so far, and I'm just upset that I can't but conjure you're that every probably time. probably never gonna do that again, right? It's, like, it's I crazy. Know. I don't know what the fuck my mental state was. Like, obviously, it was good, but I think... I went in it. I went into it thinking like I'm just gonna make a really simple track and then just like put those those bearings on and like it's it's somehow helped because I think I'm always just trying to throw shit at yeah. the wall. I swear it's just like I. That's why I I'm so much like like CLB. That's why he's one of my favorite artists because he's just like the best at just not overthinking it and just fucking doing exactly what it needs to be yeah. and he puts out so much music and it's all so good because it's exactly what he knows it needs to be and yeah. he knows it's gonna work now granted it's club music so your goal is to make it work in a club give it your own spin make it unique make it your own brand um but like that's why like again when i was listening to zavi talk like him referring to a song as a project i'm like that's crazy to me because to me a project is like multiple tracks and he puts that much time into one track where it's like that's a whole ass project that he's working on and i like to me if i keep trying to hit it and it doesn't work and it doesn't work i'm like nope we're not i am not like racking my brain on this one we're just we're done we're gonna try something else and like i respect the fuck out of people that can sit there and just no matter how much time it takes like no i'm going to make this work and release it and that's wild to me yeah i mean i feel like that's what i used to do in the start no yeah. i'm like dude no there's so many there's infinite songs that you can make let's just go on to the next one yep like you're only getting better i mean well and there's so like and that's why i think too like electronic music there's so many part of the reason too like i after a while I realized like I didn't I don't want to be in a band like because a you're in a band right you're paying for studio time you know yeah. you have to make sure like five to six different people are on the same exact wavelength as you about what wants like everybody wants to put out how the fuck are you supposed to do that also like you know you're producing you it's just yourself you can sit in your underwear at home hungover yeah. whatever you can like i said you can finish something in two hours and then it's on spotify the next day like how cool is that also like you know you have access to like unlimited sounds basically you know you're in a Mm -hmm. band you're like well yeah you can do overdubs you can add little touches in there but it's like okay like oh like we're tool like it's like we got a guitarist we got a bassist we got a drummer and we got a vocalist 
okay, there's like different guitar tones and all that, but I don't know. It's just less like, ah, it's so lame, but like, man, producing, sky's the limit, truly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think both, like, I think that the sky is the limit is in a way, um, like, disabling because you're like, oh my God, what do I mean? Yeah. But for certain people, like, that's great. Well, and then also other people are going to be like, just work inside the box. You can get mm-hmm. really creative inside the box. Like, you just yeah. have a guitar. Let's see what you can do with the guitar. Like, sure. You know? But it's like... I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, I, sure. I agree. I'm more on your wavelength. Well, and what I've come to realize is that it's just different. It's just two different ways of making music. It's why I think they call it producing as opposed to, like... Like, I'm not... I wouldn't be like, I'm a musician. I'd be like, I'm a producer. Because it's like... Yeah. A musician, I feel like that implies that, like... So, prog metal, for example, your complexity is all coming from, like, oh, you're switching time signatures, and you're going, oh, here's a riff in 7-8. Oh, we're going to switch it to 5-4. Like, that's where your kind of complexity comes from, right? But then, like, you Mm -hmm. switch it over to producing, and you say, well, the complexity comes from basically, like adding a bunch of different sounds peppered in and how are they interplaying with each other and like mm-hmm. how do they sound together and that's like where you get your complexity so it's just it's just different but it's like kind of to me it's always felt like it's been harder to grasp the producing the p- complexity of production and sound design because it's so vague and like it could be anything mm-hmm. and you just want people to like it Whereas, like, there's a very concrete idea of, like, well, what is, like, music theory complexity? Well, it's it's pretty standard. It's just, like, you know, different scales. Like, you know, how you intermingle notes and scales and chords together. You know, what your arrangements are. And it's kind of, like, you know, it's fairly formulaic as to, like, how to learn that. And everybody can kind of have the same info and pretty much come up with the same thing. But, man, like... That's like uh, Scourin, for example. Whenever I listen to his shit, I'm just like, dude, like, how do you, like, like what goes on in your head that, like, <laughs> makes yeah. you, like, think to, like, put this shit to, like, and then how does it get so clean? And it's just like, I mean, that's shit that, like, you, I mean, he, whatever. I mean, I, I don't, when did he start producing? He was, like, 15 or something stupid like that, like, 14 yeah. or, like, he was young, I know. So, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like I learned music theory on a pretty advanced level um, over the course of like two, three years where it's like, I don't know. I, I think it's going to take me like seven, eight, nine years to really get to that level with producing. You know? Yeah. And the, and the sound design aspect of it. Exactly. Like, yeah. So I remember when I was in school, I, one of my teachers was like, you can turn one sound into any other sound and like just thinking about that i was just like no that's it's too much no it is no it was really cool to me too because i was like holy shit the, the possibilities are endless yeah, endless literally it's yeah. like it's so it's it's cornball to say like that or like the sky's the limit but man like i don't know how else to say it like because it, it really is like especially with ableton like i just i love how there's so much customized customization shit with ableton where you literally and i know don don talks to me about this all the time like he's like dude like i literally like i'll just take up one sound and just like you dick around with it until you get something that sounds good and that's why ableton's so cool like yeah but again like i mean i have friends like who again clb using fl it's just like there's that element of like that sound goodizer where it's like you could make like a like a minimal house tune that has like 
four like drum sounds and like a like a tom drum for the bass line and it's just gonna slap so yeah. hard because it's just it's pumped up and he's also just really good at mixing too so like that definitely helps but like man fl is just like it just has that little you think pop. it like has I something swear intrinsic where to god i swear the software that makes it sound good i fucking swear to god I, and i don't know like if it's like I've heard that it's actually because they say, like, they give it more headroom on the master. Because, mm. and I think that's another thing they did with 10, which I've noticed is, like, you have a little bit more, like, room to clip, actually, yeah. Yeah. on your master. Um, uh, that's another thing Jake uh, was telling me when he went to some of Blake's, like, Ableton, like, shops, is he was like, well... Yeah, basically, like, you can clip to shit in Ableton, yeah. but you just, like, you just have to reel it in, and you have to make sure your, like, channels are, like, good. But it's, like, as far as the master goes, like, you can fucking, you could be ignorant on the master. (laughs) Apparently, I don't know, I was listening to, I think, Why You Delete podcast, and they were talking Mm -hmm. to, like, uh, someone, I forget, but, yeah, they were saying that, like, the Ableton has this headroom, like, past zero. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I just think they added more in ten because I yeah. never believed that with nine because I was like, there's no fucking way. Like it just it gets crushed to shit as soon as I go past zero. But I think they fixed that with ten. But what I'm saying with FL is like I think it's like way more. <laughs> it's like saturated. I don't even know because it's like it's got to be something. I've read I've read so many articles about FL and how it's like it like there's this really distinctive sound and how it's like become the sound of like modern day hip hop and all this stuff and it's like really interesting and hmm. um the creator of FL was talking about it and it's like yeah there's just like this distinct sound that you you know it's FL like they never really explained what it was but I'm like I know it's like I know there's something like I know there's a fucking limiter or a saturator or something it's just like something going on it's gotta be something <laughs> it's just like in the code yeah well it's just the sound engine ultimately yeah. but like what is it about the sound engine? Why does it always slap so I hard? I feel like you're going <laughs> to develop a plugin one day that's just called FL Sound Goodizer. FL Goodizer? Yeah, and it just <laughs> adds whatever that charm is. I've legitimately considered downloading FL and just making a bunch of drum loops in FL and then bouncing them out of FL and using them in Ableton because I'm that fucked up about how why it sounds so good really <laughs> see i have me. not come across another producer and most of the time i'm always like yeah, it doesn't really matter which one you use you can kind of get the same effect in all of them but i think some of them cater to different like mindsets you know like the only thing that's stopping me really from using fl is the ui like i said earlier it's just it's abysmal like i just can't stand the window <laughs> thing like it makes me so mad every time i i see max using it max clb max and then I'm just like, dude, how do you how do you deal Get with this? Out now. <laughs> yeah. Ableton's so pretty. Yeah, it's just clean. So pretty. It's just clean. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well we've we've been going for a second here. Um true, true, true. I'm gonna do some wrap up questions. Most deaf. I'm all this is compl- I'll just tell you afterwards. Cool. Um so I don't have to edit. <laughs> but. Um but okay, so I always do two questions. Okay. <clears throat> second question it's kind of dumb All because right. it's like it could be the first one for sure just in case it's not <laughs> what so the first question is what was the first concert 
you've been to <laughs> or you went to what is the proper way to say that? what is the first concert okay. you went to first proper show um <clears throat> was 2009 mayhem festival it was a traveling metal tour i was living in hudson ohio I went and saw the Mayhem Festival tour at Blossom. Uh, it was like a big like outdoor pavilion venue in Ohio. Um, first band I saw on the bill that day was Behemoth. It's like a black metal band. Oh, okay. And then I saw Cannibal Corpse right after that. <laughs> uh, Marilyn Manson and Slayer were the headliners. Damn. It was a pretty fucking dope day. It was. I was 14, and my parents were super concerned about me being there. It did was, they go with you um my my amazing mom went and like just like sat there while i was there but she was like she's like i'm not letting you go by yourself like i won't bug you like go do your thing but she's like i'm gonna sit on the lawn like and read a book and it's a metal festival and it's my my midwestern you know teacher mom yeah at a metal festival how was she planning on reading a book i I don't know. I can't read a book if there's any noise happening around me. So I <clears throat> I guess she did her best. She's just a saint, it sounds but like. Great greatest mom ever. <laughs> Both my parents have like driven like driven me so far to go to shows when I was a kid because I wanted to so bad and like God God bless my parents. Yeah. Love them. Good on them. <laughs> All right, so the second question is what was the most impactful concert? Ooh, okay. Oh, that's Thus tricky. Far. God, that's really tricky. I mean, like, impactful, and this is so hard, too, because, like, there's been so many phases of music in my life, but, like, I'll go with a couple. Um, Animals as Leaders opening up for Between the Buried and Me in Clifton Park, New York at the Northern Lights that was probably one of the coolest shows I've ever seen. It was like this tiny little club and animals as leaders. You, you, you were saying you, yeah, I've heard familiar. Yeah. Tosin Abasi is just like properly the, like, I mean, this guy's like not real. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's been playing since he was like five or four or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, just absolute, like, like, is this ah. the guy with like the eight string bass? Yeah. Well, it's a guitar, but yeah, he's like, he's got like the eight, nine string, like, uh, like, like frayed like fretboard where it's like the dude like has a fat string but he's not just going da -da 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 -da, like he's utilizing the whole thing in like such a theoretical way it's it's stupid but um yeah it's next level that was crazy and then between the buried and me who were the headliners were just in general my favorite band at the time i knew every song so it was just like yeah watching them in a small club was like pretty sick and then honestly like as uh, DJ slash producer, uh, when me and Jake saw Porter at Spring Awakening like two years ago, that was pretty wild. Um, yeah, I because I kind of missed the Porter wave like when he was coming out because I was completely in a different place. Um, and I had gotten into him kind of leading up to that, and I was like, oh shit, like, and I saw him play all that stuff out. I was like, this is nuts. And then, like, given the context of like, how the virtual self project was coming out and like oh, yeah, just yeah. how like i don't know he that was like one of the coolest sets i've ever seen and like you know being in a festy environment which i wasn't really like i didn't do too often because you know go to one a year basically and it's shitty ass spring awakening but you make what you can of it but like mm -hmm. that was pretty cool i don't know that or like i guess like 
I saw, oh, oh, shit. I saw Odd Future in, like, 20, 2011. And it was when, uh, it was, like, the first show that Earl Sweat did. Like, after they, oh, after he got after they let him out of uh, Samoa. So, like, they brought him out to Orange Juice, and it was in New York City. And I was there, and it was, that was pretty wild, too. Wow. But, like, yeah, those, probably those three, for sure. Those are all dope, but like again, like three different chapters of my development as a music listener. So it's like, can't could never pick one of those. <laughs> I just had, man. I feel like I should start with this question because I just it just made me think of so many other questions. But I feel True. like we've already we've gone deep. But really quick, so you, yeah. you used to live in New York? No. So uh, life story, real quick. Born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, moved to Denver when I was two. Uh, grew was born like basically raised in Cleveland, Ohio, in the suburbs, okay. uh, town called Hudson. And then, uh, like when the recession hit, like my my dad lost his job, so he took a job in Connecticut. So, in the East Coast, like where do you go to shows? New York. So like, cause yeah. we were like okay. an, we were like an hour and a half from like Grand Central, so we'd take the train in. Me and my sister, who mm. were like super close, and like she introduced me to odd future like my little sister back in the day so it was really cool but yeah we would like take trains into the city to see shows all the time it was sick yeah that's awesome and then i was gonna go into like how does location affect your music influence but like so fucking hard low-key yeah environments everything (laughs) chicago's got a pretty good pretty good man yeah, i don't know it's like you're making house music it's pretty pretty easy to make some dope house music when you're in the place where it kind of kind of all started right like yeah it's pretty dope so yeah well we'll leave with with that i uh there's there's plenty more to be discussed but beautiful this is this is our sign off peace wait actually uh <laughs> okay any shout outs Oh, any, any uh, plugs? Oh, any... a ton. Um, definitely more flyaway music coming. I mean, there's literally, I said it, there's like an album's worth of shit, but I need to uh, start being a person that takes some days off of work to finish it because uh, I don't have a lot of those. Um, probably going to drop a couple Wax Craft remixes in the next uh, month or so. Uh, Kyle and Hobbs, my other project, which we didn't touch on too much, but we have some music coming out soon. Uh, there's a release on Groovy Bone Records, um, which is like a shoot off of Oral Sex, um, uh, that kind of crew, Disco and those guys. Uh, so that'll be coming out soon ish. Um, so yeah, some music. If you like uh, Old Town Road mashups and memes, come see me at the Rabbit Hole uh, Friday nights and Saturday nights, three or nine to two on Friday, nine to three on Saturday. Um, yeah. Uh, shout out CLB, shout out Round Two, shout out Ellipsis, shout out Kai, shout out American Dave. Oh God, I don't want to forget anybody. Shit. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. If I if I forgot you, um, call me out. But I love you. Yeah, for sure. That's it. <laughs> I <Ice. laughs> peace peace.